You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome, Welcome to the Smoking Red. Welcome to the Smoking Red. What's up, everybody? Yo, the Smoking Word Podcast is brought to you by CasinoRock.com. You know the deal. That's my spot where I print everything in-house. We have a lot of new merch coming, a lot of new merch in-house as we speak. And to celebrate 2021, I'm making all t-shirts $21 for the rest of the year. And we're dropping a new design. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, which you should be, I'm dropping this new design by my boy, the one and only MQ1. It will be on the website for $21 with every other t-shirt because that's how we're doing it for 2021. So, com, celebrate with us, support the movement, and follow us. Make sure you follow us on Apple Music. Make sure you follow us on Spotify. And make sure you fucking subscribe to the YouTube channel. Right now is a little slow. But we're getting ready to drop a lot of things, so you're going to want to have fun with us. So make sure you subscribe to everything that we on. Whenever you see this pretty face, subscribe to it. You can fucking throw things at it, but as long as you subscribe to it. But also, I want to make, I want to shout out Kings Never Die. Yo, check them out. Yo, big shout out on the merch. Yo, and look out for them. They're going to be in the studio, so... I'm always glad to hear some new hardcore music dropping. And um, what else is going on? Um, oh, yeah. I want to thank my brother, Steve Huey, at Fly Right Tattoos. Yo, thanks for the print. Yo, um, I don't know the deal in New York City, but um, I think the tattoo shops are open. Or if you want to get any artwork done, my bro, Stephen Huey, um, he drew one of the first, probably the original Mad Ball. I think the original Mad Ball. And, um, you want to make an appointment, hit them up. You can get, catch them on Instagram and all that. So, yeah, I wanted to shout, make sure I shout those guys out. And um, and everybody else out there grinding, everybody out there keeping this fucking um, hardcore thing alive because we're, we're already started 2021 and um, we don't know how things are, uh, are, are falling, you know, are going to fall into place. But we ain't scared. So we're going to keep rocking and... I want to make sure um, you follow me, and you can follow the Smoking Word at Hoya Rock Three Five Seven on Instagram. And you're gonna keep up to date to everything Madball. Also, we're working on that new album, COVID, no COVID, one mask, two mask, no mask. We're dropping another record, so look out for that shit. All right, so you got that shit out of the way, and today. My special guest, this is going to be a real special guest because this is a, a big influence on my whole style, on my whole concept of what hardcore music is. And I haven't heard from him in a second, so, yo, let's give it up for the OG, Jeff, Breakdown. Let's set this shit off. How you been, Jeff? It's been a while since I've seen you or even talked to you. 
Yeah, no, especially because of COVID and stuff, maybe even longer, you know? I, I don't remember the last time I saw you. Probably two or three years ago, more than that. Yeah, something like that. And then, like, in typical Jeff fashion, you disappear, you know? And then, you know, we got to, like, <laughs> and then, but that adds, to the, that adds to the whole folklore. So keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But how you been? How's everything? The family and all that shit? Everything's going good, you know, considering. You know, crazy times pile right now. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, so oh, luckily everybody's uh, uh, stayed healthy, and my wife got vaccinated because she works in healthcare. All um, right, cool. And, and, and where you know, where you know, living at now? I'm in Baltimore still. Oh, okay, all right, Baltimore. Yeah, and you were were you always Baltimore, right? Yeah, I've been here since uh, I moved here in '94 from New York, I guess. So it's been a while. I guess I've been yeah, here almost as long as I was in New York. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because, you know, when I hear always breakdown, you know, right away I think Yonkers, right? And then right. I also think Baltimore because I forget you, Baltimore. And then right not till you said it now, I'm like, wait a minute. He was fucking um, by city or whatever you want to call it, fucking, um, you know, it was Yonkers, right? Did, were you part of the right. Yonkers, right? You were Yonkers also, right, out of all the yeah. years. Well, I grew. I spent most of my time growing up in New Rochelle, but I was, I did spend my first six years in Yonkers when I was a little kid, and that's where I, you know, learned how to, you know, survive on the streets. Yeah. When I was, you know, one to six years old, that's where I learned. Yeah, that, that, just, that's what I'm I was gonna say. With. This is what this is what I was gonna say, and this is why. One, first of all, you know, I'm a fucking breakdown's a big influence to 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 me, one of my all time favorites, and even to playing style and what I think New York hardcore. We're going to talk about that later. But you know what's something that people don't talk about enough? And, and, and okay, LES, of course, the Lower East Side. And Queens, me being a Queens guy, of course, Queens, New York hardcore. But uh, Yonkers, New Rochelle, they don't get talked about as much, but they had a, they, you know, you guys had a, a, a an important part of that New right. York hardcore shit, but it's starting to get a little bit forgotten about, and I'm here to bring it back. But no, but really, um, w- w- all right, you coming up in yacht in that area, um, what was? Because I'm curious also, because I always knew about Yonkers kids and, and you know New Rochelle kids because we would travel. But you were a generation before me, you know what I mean? Um, what was right. you coming up growing up? What was the vibe where you were at, you know, as a teen? When you were listening to music, what was the music going on, and how did you find this shit? Um, well, I'd say, like, you know, growing up, um, you know, my mother was really into music, and she used to sing in, like, a chorus and all that kind of stuff. So somehow, you know, when she'd play uh, her Barbara Streisand records and her ABBA records and all that kind of shit, somehow it led to me say, getting into hardcore. I guess that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I went the opposite direction. <laughs> I, I know, right? No, and music, you know, you know, a big part of the hardcore shit is, you know, even if you don't like it, it's the whole point of it shows you that hey, I could do it if that guy could do it because you know, it, you know, you just think that's why I started a band. I never, right, I, right. I never wanted to be in a band. I did it because I was talking shit about other people. My big mouth got me in trouble, and, and right. then I said if that could be on the radio. We could make up any band and be on the radio. My boy said, let's start a band. And then we started <laughs> our first band. But fucking, um, yeah. yeah, so your mom, she was, the, she was the music one. 
yeah, she was really into music and she used to have to go to practice like a few nights a week and this and that, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I got into hardcore like through punk, I guess, you know, and, um, like, cause I first was into punk, like I loved the Sex Pistols and the Clash and, you know, all those bands. Okay, so you then, got that you got hit from that way first, because it's curious to me because you're the first guy from you know to me from you know what's the the DNA of this hardcore shit, but from that area that I haven't talked to, you know, or in general that even when we hung out we never really I never, never talked about like all the shit that I wondered about because I'm into the I really dissected hardcore for me as a fan and as a musician like where did this come from and where I think. Right. The style came from, and we're going to talk about that later because your band has something to do with that. Very Yeah, hard. yeah. I, I'm the same exact way, Hoy. I'm like, when I find something I really like, once I get, you know, into that, then I start looking, okay, where did they get their influence from? And I start listening to that. And then where did they get their influences from? And I'm like a musicologist, I guess, you know, yeah. but I like looking at the archaeology of the music and to, and to kind of like know who really came up with the this sound first, you know, and yeah. how did it evolve into this other sound? And, yeah, and, you know. I, and, and then you get to see, like, oh, that's his interpretation of that guy, but I like that, and, you know, it just kind of shows you also, like, you know, we all feed off other people, not that we bite their style, but we're influenced by styles, and I told oh, you, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Nobody invented nothing, you know. We're not the cave, first two cavemen who had two rocks together, you know. Right, the, right. You know, you yeah, know, you look well, at any music, it's kind of like that. Like, if you listen to, like, old blues, it's basically the same template over and over and over. You listen to old, like, original rock and roll music, it's the same template over and over and over. You know, they're, 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 it's almost like they take one song that they really like and make a million different versions of it and it becomes a new genre. Yeah, you know? and that was old <laughs> reggae. Old reggae. Oh, season. yeah. It was the same, the same music, just change it around, change it around. The idea from the blues and all that other shit. But, all right, right, so where was the first, all right, so the first thing was like a punk, like a Sex Pistols thing. That was the first kind of thing, like, in your zone right. as far as punk and hardcore, right? Right. I think, you know, before the hardcore, like, I was always into music. Like, I remember we used to go and get pizza, and there was, like, a record store across the street from the pizza place we went to. And we'd go there after we were done eating, and my parents would buy me one forty-five record, you know, that I'd want to pick out. So, you know, I was buying records when I was like, you know, five or six years old. And I think the first record I got was Michael Jackson, Rockin' Robin was the first record I, I asked for. Yeah. And then we used to get records on the back of cereal boxes. Yeah, you could yeah, cut, you used to cut them out. Yeah, the you used to cut right. them out. They worked. Listen, listen yeah. kids out there, I, we're talking about, first of all, a thing called records, these round things you put <laughs> as a needle and music. Stuff. But no, but the reality, yo, you just reminded me. And they would actually, in the back of cereal boxes, you would have a cutout of, a, of, a, of an album that would actually work. I forgot. Right, right. Shit, that was insane. Yeah. I'd like to have one of those now. That'd be kind of cool, right? Have you know what? Not for nothing. That'd be a good little gimmick thing, too, also. Like, you know? Oh, if yeah, it, yeah. If it was, like, kind of cheap to make, and you say, yo, you make a oh, yeah. style flyer, but you cut it out, and it also has a new single or the new the new breakdown track i got ideas look at you with the ideas yeah <laughs> an idea man i'm the idea man i'm telling you i'm telling you but um but um, <laughs> um how crazy is that also like um i mean i know the record thing is is, is coming back now but like um like uh, you know the um, 
how much spe- more special music was when you when you had the the, the record right. it's vinyl and all that shit, right? I, I think people are starting to understand that because you know people are like younger people are starting to buy vinyl records now. It's not just the older people because they're like they're realizing, wow, I get like a much bigger photo, you know, whatever the cover has on it because that's always that was always important to me, like what was on the cover in the back, yeah. and then you could, you know, big lyric sheets, so you could actually read the lyrics without a microscope, and um, you could take it and use it for other things, too. That Man, oh, yeah, okay, you <laughs> could break the weed. Yeah, yeah, I know you could use it. You could either put your coffee on it or break the weed up on it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the gatefolds were really good for that. Yeah. yeah. In the middle. But um, the one with the built-in rolling paper. That was a classic one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big Bamboo. Cheech and Big Charm. Bamboo. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, my buddy had that. It, a few of my buddies had it, but none of them had the papers anymore. Everybody always Yeah, nobody that. has the I think if you found that <laughs> album with the paper, it's like big money. Because everybody yeah. has that fucking paper. It might be. It might be, you know? So, yeah, yeah I, was, I was listening to, like, you know, like, you know, of course, a little kid. I was listening to whatever I heard on, on the radio, like yeah. pop music and stuff like that. And then I'd say, like, my first, like, favorite, favorite band was, um, I was guess I was, like, fourth or fifth grade. I got into Cheap Trick. I like Cheap Trick a lot. A lot know? of people then, in that age, there was, there was a band. Like, a lot of people in my, my brothers, the same thing, because you're in my brother's bracket. And that was always around, you know, you always hear, like, a certain handful of bands that it, you had to be into. Because it was, like, what was popping, you know, like, it was just a- Right. It's funny because, like, you know, some people used to make fun of me when I was a kid and I liked Cheap Trick, you know. Like, oh, cheap trick, this yeah. and that. And then, like, you know, I was I was kind of, I kept it to myself that I liked them, you know, when I got older. And then, you know, I, I, I'd either talk to people or read interviews and, you know, what are your influences? And so many people in, like, punk and hardcore say, yo, I love cheap trick when I was growing up. Well, oh, no, it wasn't just me, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? And all fairness, you got shafted in your era of hardcore that where you couldn't say shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, even us. You know, so we were all the tough guy guys. We had to watch it, but we would still say it because Freddie was yeah. always like, he would say it back then because he always loved shit like Coldplay and all that. Always, right? But right. he never right. cared. But people never would ask him. They automatically assume, oh, Madball, these guys, they wake up to agnostic front and go to sleep to the Cro-Mags. I'm like, no, right, right. But, you know, no, you know how it is. It ain't like that either. And then it was funny, but uh, it's pretty crazy. But um, what was... All right, what was the band where it became, all right, this hardcore shit or this punk shit, like, all right, you're going to shows. Like, okay, you're meeting guys that are going to shows, and you're like, okay, let me go to my first show. Was the first show in in Yonkers, the Rochelle, or was it in the city? No, the first show I went to was in, it was in it's CBGB, actually. I went to go see Suicidal Tendencies. It was my first uh, oh, show. Oh, Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. And, like, you know, I was I was new. I was like, a, you know, everybody that's new in hardcore is like a little bit nervous because there's all these, you know, people around you don't know and make me a little crazy and they don't want you there or whatever. And, yeah. And I remember like standing in the front and, you know, I, I knew all about like, you know, slam dance and mosh and all that kind of stuff. But when they hit, man, it was just like this giant tornado of limbs flying everywhere. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And that, that, that was in it from there on. You know, that was it. And, yeah, uh, I was coming every weekend, you know, to go to the matinee. Yeah, so CBs was fun because I know you've been around forever. And what year was that around your first your first CB show? I think that was like probably eighty five. Yeah, something like that. I'm yes. guessing, you know, because it was a little bit before I ever joined a band. Like, you know, yeah. I went to a lot of shows before I joined a band. 
And but, were you ever like, um, um, did you go to any shows before the hardcore shows? Oh my God, yeah. I used to, I used to go oh, to concerts a lot. Like, uh, grow, growing up, my, my, there used to be a, a place called the Westchester Dinner Theater, right? In, in, I forgot what town that might have been White Plains or so. Yeah, I'm not sure. But they used to have concerts there, and my, my dad used to take us to see. Like, I saw, um, fuck, um. Donna Summer. I saw Whoa, Diana Ross. That's hard. Oh man, that's hard. Donna <laughs> Summer. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I saw Diana Ross there. Oh, that's hard right there. Just that alone, you could drop the mic and leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then when I got older and I started being able to pick my own shows that I go to, um, it was weird. Like after I got into punk, I had a friend that was into like heavy metal, and this was like you know in the early to mid '80s. And he was listening to, like, Judas Priest and Black Sabbath and stuff like that. So I started getting into that as well. Like, it, yeah. really, I went from, like, punk to heavy metal to hardcore. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But um, Yonkers. I saw Judas Priest at uh, the Garden for the Defenders of the Faith tour, which is, like, I guess their most notorious show. Like, I, I read Halford's uh, autobiography, and he, he, he said that was the most memorable show, memorable show they ever played. And that's the one time I saw them, you know. So wow. I'm like, man, I got lucky. Yeah. But that's the show where, like, the, the fans destroyed the garden, pulled all the seats out, and there were M80s blowing up all over. The, it was just madness. It was awesome. And they got banned from, from Madison Square. Well, heavy Metal got banned from Madison Square Garden for a while and shit. So, no, that was an awesome time. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I went to see, like, Priest and um, just odd bands here and there that I liked. Like, it wasn't, like, a particular genre. Like, I'd go to see this band or that band if I liked, yeah. you know, some of their songs or whatever. And then, like, when I found hardcore, it's, like, a whole different thing, you know, because yeah. it wasn't like, you know, you you you, you buy your ticket and you walk from best a velvet rope and then you're sitting in a nice velvet seat and waiting for the band. You know, it was more like, it's more of a social event, you know. And, yeah, for sure. You know, um, and like everybody says, you know, it's it's a different dynamic between the bands and the fans. It's it's you know, for the most part, you know, it's no attitudes, and they want to meet the people that you know come to see them, and you know, let them ask questions or or whatever, you know. And I really like that. I I like the the the, the lack of egos in hardcore, yeah. where it was more like an open, you know, you could go right up on stage if you wanted to while they were playing. Yeah, so, yeah, that was the shit. What I always loved. I was always like. You know, even with the dude who had the biggest attitude at the same time, he's hanging out in the shitty CB's bathroom. He's still hanging out in the back where we all, you know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> you, know, you think you're better, but you ain't much better because you're still in this dump with us. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to shit in the same fucking pipe. Fucking exactly, yeah. Wall. You know, that's where the, the COVID vaccine lies in that fucking toilet right there. You need to. <laughs> that's where it originated, man. Yeah, that's right. It that's originated, where, that's and that's where all the, the variants are coming from, too. And, and Godzilla comes from there, also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So fuck it up. It's where rancid smells come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Everybody there. And that, that must have been dope to see fucking suicidal, like, um, um, a big shout out to suicidal, like, again, um, I didn't start going to shows till later, till like '88. But and, and right. suicidal, I never seen them till we started touring with them in the early 2000s, late '90s, early 2000s. We did some, but you know, I always, you know, in New York, even back in the day when there was beef of New York and Cali, if you hated on suicidal, you knew you had to hate them because they were the people that you had to hate because they were the You're shit right. from over there. You know, they were like. And but everybody listened to them. Exactly. Them. That first album is one of the best hardcore records ever made. Exactly. You know? and they, were, they were one of the first bands to really like put some metallic riffs yeah. in there and play them well, you know. And 
I remember yeah. the first time I heard it, I was like, how are these guys playing this? Like, it was so fast and so on point and shit. And I was, it was the most powerful shit I'd heard, you know, up to that time. And I was just addicted to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really listen to many of the other suicidal records, you know, but uh-huh. the first record, man, that's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, um, um, exactly like um, they always, you know, they showed also, you know, the, 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 the performance in a band. Like, oh, man, these motherfuckers could play. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The hardcore punk thing, but they could play when people thought back then, you know, hardcore punk was two chords and just slide, right. you know. Yeah, so. they thought it was just people that didn't know how to play their instruments yet, and it was your first band, and you could, yeah. you know, here's something you can actually play now, you and know. They're but. Fucking, and they're really good dudes. Like, you know, again, I don't know the so – I knew Clark and, and good friends with Mike, and a lot of love mm. and respect for those guys, and those dudes got a lot of love for us in New York mm. and – I mean, they're really great dudes, like classy dudes, Mike, and, and even right. now, the, the band now, I never got to see them in their heyday, but when I mm-hmm. see them now, I feel like I'm watching a band like back then, like, oh, on that thrashy, right. or shit, like, they're great with Lombardo and my boy Roz on bass, like, now they got, yeah. you know, it ain't a funk hardcore band, now they're suicidal, you know. Who would ever thought Dave Lombardo would be in... Suicidal. I mean, that's Insane. awesome, right? Insane. Insane. <laughs> but we played with them at um at, at the this is Hardcore Festival, I guess, two or three years ago, something like that. I don't know, lose track of time. But they were awesome at that show. The, the yeah. place just exploded. Yeah. Exploded. And how great that even when I see you know Lombardo's a good dude. They're all great dudes, and you know touring with them is fun. And we all whenever we could um tour when whenever um they make their rounds, Mike always mm-hmm. mixes up. And we try to link up with them. They're great dudes and fucking but um. But nice, yeah, so you nice. got to see them early on. All right, and how how long when you started going to shows? How long till you got in a band? And you know, how did that fall? How did you fall into your first band? And what was your first band? All right, so um, you know, I never really seriously thought about being in a band. You know, like I used to do, like you know, as teenage kids do. I used to fantasize about you know, I listen to song and be in the room pretending you're in the band. You know. And, <laughs> playing the song and this is what I'd look like on stage and all that kind of stuff like I used to do that but I never really seriously thought about playing in a band because I didn't play an instrument and I'm you know I can sing sing but not good enough to be a professional singer you know yeah. but um the, the store I used to go to in Yonkers to go get records from um it's called Record Stop it was owned by this guy Tony Pradlick and before he um well actually he worked there he didn't own that one he owned one later called Rock and Rex but he, I first met him at another record store in Yonkers called Mad Platters, which was like kind of, it's kind of a famous store for that area for like punk music. Like that was the place to go get your records from. Yeah. But anyway, when he, when he opened his own store called the Record Stop, I was in there one day and he had this little bulletin board with, you know, people trying to form bands. Hey, we're looking for this. We're looking for that. And he says to me, Hey, there's this band looking for a singer. Why don't you try out for him? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I don't know. Just give it a shot. See what happens. And, you know, I read the flyer and it said like, influences were like you know agnostic front um black flag gbh all you know and bands all bands i like so i was like ah, fuck it let me try you know i like, took the number and i called them up and we went to um you know rest in peace we went to rich's uh parents house is where yeah. they would practice yep and um you know i, I showed up and and it was, uh, you know, Carl Picaro and Don Angelilli. And there's this other guy, uh, Lou Alfredi, uh, was playing drums at the time. And, um, and Rich. 
and they gave me a lyric sheet for life of bullshit. Like, I, you know, I didn't write the lyrics to that yeah. song. And they're like, here, you know, sing this song. And they played the song. And I was, you know, I had to have them play it once or twice so I could kind of figure out how to sing it. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know what to do. I just yelled into the mic and this and that. And they were like, all right, let's do this, you know. And that was the <laughs> beginning of Breakdown. And that's the first band I've ever been in. I've only been in one other band, and that was later on in the Slumlords yeah. here in Baltimore. But just Breakdown and Slumlords, yeah. that's it. So, so, all right, so, because, all right, this is this is good because this is what this is what the shit I want to know, you know, in general. So, all right, so right there, so that, you break down the name. They already had the name yet, and how did the name come up? Yeah, now we didn't have the name yet, and what happened was we got booked to play a show, and our first show was at, like, a church, and um, and I, th- I think it was in, like, Larchmont or Marinick or something like that, playing with a band. There was an old band back then from Westchester called Zombie Squad. I don't know. Some people might remember who they were. But um, we didn't have a name yet, and they're like, uh, we're making flyers, so we got to have a name for your band, you know? So I was listening to my records, and I'm just, you know, talking, flipping through the records, and I got to the Black Flag Nervous Breakdown record. And I was like, how about Breakdown? We'll just use that for now until we figure out, you know, what do we want to keep? And I'm like, all right. So we called it Breakdown, and then we just kept it. And I kind of like that we kept it. I think it's a good name, and and that's one of my favorite, you know, punk hardcore records. Yeah, to me, it, it just that, it, you know, the name, I'm, it's perfect. And even how you found it, because the more and more I talk to people, the more and more I'm finding out that that's how a lot of names came up where guys were, like, kind of put on the spot. were like, all right, they got a show before they even got a name. <laughs> and like, Yo, we need to come up with a fucking name. And right. that's the great part about hardcore music that, you know, a metal band, you need to do a thousand battle of the bands before you get the big gig with the big touring band in hardcore right. you need to show before you got a name for the band <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would exactly. say look, at, look at um look at kraut right kraut played with the clash at bonds casino right and kraut was not a big band at the time but you know they they uh they got hooked up and they they played like you know some of the most um you know famous shows that that the clash played and uh i don't know if you know about what happened at bonds where they oversold the tickets and the, the fans were like riding outside, and they had to add more shows. I heard they played like twenty, um, like eighteen days in a row, or some shit like some, that. Something crazy like that. But um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now <laughs> I heard about that shit. That's insane too, and like fucking. But you know, all right. So you get in. You, you know, you said so. You didn't know none of the guys when you went to try out. You just knew because they told you to try out for them. That's what you meant. Yeah, I think I think I I might have. Like, they looked familiar maybe from shows. You know, I'd see them. And, because we used to go to shows at, the, like, the Anthrax in Connecticut was another place we used to go to shows at. And uh, the Ritz, you know, had the bigger shows yeah. and this and that. And, um, yeah, so, you know, they looked familiar to me. I think I'd seen them before, but I'd never met them, you know. So it's, like, really awkward. You know, you walk into this garage, you don't know anybody. I've never sung in a band before. Here's some lyrics here sing it you know it was just really yeah, weird no. but all right I know. it changed the rest of my life that night you know that was yeah that changed the trajectory of my life you know so it's pretty pretty cool if you think about it yeah, like yeah if, I did, if i decided not to pull that number and not call them i'd be in a totally different place oh, right now. a lot of shit happens on a yes or no like yeah you know, that's what happens you know like you know it's a matter of like People told me, I, I learned that from older people throughout life later on, like, hey, go for it. If you got nothing to lose, right. go for it. Even if you don't right. get much for it, because something could come out of it, you know? Right. And that's how I fell into Madball. You know, the same reason was, 
you know, basically, long story short, you know, my old band was breaking up, and I was hanging out with Freddie already, and they had the, they were kind right. of starting up, and Roger used to play bass for Madborn. He went to Harley Davidson school, right? So right. basically, they went right. out a couple more songs, and Freddie goes, "Yo, you want to play bass?" And I was kind of because I'm not a guy who like knows how to pick up songs in a wink of an eye and just I'm not that guy. Right. And I was like, "Oh man, I got to learn a bunch of songs now. Like I got to actually work." And I was like, "But they're all boys. We were hanging out." So I said, right. "Fuck it, I'll fill in for a couple of shows." You know, that was 26 right. years later. I'm still feeling yeah, it, you know. But I went for it. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but you know, and if I didn't go for it, who knows what happened? I went for it, and then you know, it became. I found myself with it. You know what I mean? Like you know, so. Right. Yeah, I'd say like uh, anybody listening to your to your podcast, you know, keep that in mind. Like, you know, with both of us, like yeah. it wasn't like something like we planned or anything like that. Like sometimes you just get an opportunity to try something new or whatever, and it'll change everything yeah. in your life so you might as well try it like what's the worst that could have happened i could have gone there and they could have said oh this guy sucks and yeah. i never heard from him again yeah. that was it yeah you know and then i'd have like maybe a few days of feeling like shit like uh i suck at singing hardcore <laughs> yeah yeah no you know what's the worst that's how you gotta really think about it. like what's the worst and then right. when you look at it that way then you find out okay now it's just your ego if you can't handle that Oh, right. they're going to say I'm this, I'm that. All right, they're just saying it. Now, if you're going to let it bother you, that's your own ego. Now, that's on you. You right. got to, you know, and we have that when we're young, you know, obviously. Oh, yeah. Find it sooner than others, you know what I mean? You know, we're right. the you know, so, yeah. you know, you got to, it's hard, you know, it, it takes a little bit longer to seep in with, you know, people like us. But um, Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, when, you, when you're younger, I think... uh I don't know. In some ways, you're you're le you're less afraid to try new shit, but at the same time, you have, you know, your mindset when you're younger. You don't want to make yourself look stupid either. At the same time, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of a balance. Yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> um, 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 when you're young, you know, we'll take exactly. We'll take um, um we'll take uh chances. When we're old, we're cautious from taking right. too many chances that didn't work. So that right, kind of right. interferes. But yeah, it's a weird thing. But when you could, you know. You know, I guess that's what made, you know, if we're old enough to live, to, to find that out, we're doing all right. You know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. Right. You know, um, I'm, I'm uh, happy I made it this far, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, all right, this is, now this is why, because, again, this is a, so you got, you, you, that's the first, the first song you guys did together was, um, which was said was Life of Bullshit? Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, this is my question for you, and I don't know if you remember it or when did it come up or if you remember. Sick People, the music right. for that. One, I don't know if you know, if you remember, or if you remember who wrote it, who brought it to the table, and do you remember when that song was brought to the table, you know? Yeah, I remember Don came in once, and he was like, hey, I wrote this new riff, like, check it out. And he played it a couple times, and, you know, everybody started jamming on it, and we were like, wow, that sounds, like, different, but it sounds right. It sounds cool, you know? Like, fuck it. You know, let's, let's, let's do this. So so we, we, we kept it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think even we knew that there was something a little bit different about that song. Like, it, um, you know, not only that was one of our best songs, if not our best, but that, um, that it had, like, a kind of new sound to it. Like, the, the drumming, the rhythm right. was a bit different, you know, and the... Yeah. And the the riff was a little, the timing was different on the riff. It was more like yeah. a, kind of a dance riff. And, and I'm fucking glad you said it, or I'm glad you kind of knew it then, because that's what I heard. 
And I knew that from, again, I was a guy, you know, my generation of hardcore was a little bit more swaggy and was because I, I, I tell everybody, you know, my theories, because we, we all got theories and we all allowed theories. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we could, you know, point out who was the first. It was Discharge. It was a, you know, MC5. It was the Bad Brain. Right, right. been here all day, and everybody has a different right. opinion. We all know the right. ideas of it. You know? Right, right, right. But I know. Yeah. I'm talking from what I experienced, and from now being a, a part of this music, of one of the bricks in this house, where I, again, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm a nerd with it, and I and I like dissecting and shit. Right. That was the song that brought swag to New York hardcore without making it a rap thing. But you nice. felt that it, it's not even, it's New York hardcore. Right. I can't even fucking explain it. But I say, that's the fucking riff. That's the song. <laughs> that's the one. Hands nice. Down. Thank you, Owen. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, I always say, and, 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 and you know, which ended, like, my whole DNA was, you know, my old one, my old time, my, my old time favorite raw deal, which was the DNA from Breakdown. Listen, right. I know my history and I know why I like shit because <laughs> you know what I mean. It's the same animal, but right, right. But 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 that song specifically and changed the game. One, I think even for you guys, I wasn't even in the band, but I saw when that came out on the compilation. I go, they killed everybody, and I yeah. remember you guys playing a black a, 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 a Super Bowl. You had the Afro. So this right. Was that one, you played like That was the Ronald shows. McDonald's show. Ronald McDonald, and you killed everybody that day. I remember that show. <laughs> you guys played like three songs only or something. Right. It was ridiculous, like short, and you guys murdered everybody. But right. Art, you felt something with that because to me, that, that's the, 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 the what ended up becoming what, what is the hardcore, what the, the, you know, what the New York hardcore sound became for many, 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 many years, including that's where the Mad Boy shit got, came from, a big part, that swaggy, where it's metallic, but it's not metal, it's, you hear it's hardcore, but, you know, it's not punk, but it has raw, you know. Right. Nice. Uh, yeah, like, uh, that was a track. <laughs> but I'm glad that you knew there was something in that track, because um, you were right. Well, I'll tell you what, what else happened with that track is that our first, like, real show, like, we played that church, right? And then our first, like, real hardcore show was at the Anthrax. There was a um, a benefit to, to, for the for the club, you know? So, you know, we said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play it, you know? And um, we went on stage, and, like, we're a brand-new band. Nobody knew who the fuck we were, whatever. We're all nervous, you know? They're gonna, we're we going to suck. We're going to fuck up. Are they going to throw shit at us, you know, whatever. And we opened with sick people, and I don't remember. I don't know if you remember the. It was the second Anthrax, um, the one from like the late '80s. But you know, it's a few hundred people, and we we uh, we hit the first couple notes, and the place just freaking exploded. And we were like, "Holy shit!" No, we're up there just trying to play it cool, like yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, we're used to react to our music, you know. Yeah. And we're like freaking screaming, like yeah, they love yeah. it, you know. And I remember that we, I had a guy, you know, a friend, he was roading for us and, you know, he, he's, he's been music thing for a while and we get off the stage and he's like almost crying. And he's like, Jeff, I've never seen anything like that before. The people loved you guys. And it was like really neat, you know, but 
I think that's when we really knew like like sick people was a special. So there was something to that song. Yeah, yeah like and, some, and then, not just a, just another song that we did. Yeah, know, stood out. And and how how far into it was it before the first demo? Because it's the, in reality is that first demo again out of demos mm. that you know. All right, everybody, of course, the Chromac demo we know, but that's that era. Mm. You know, right. my era is later, you know, era. My era is, you're going to talk about the, the, the raw deal demo, you're going to talk about the breakdown demo. That's, that's kind of more my era. But right. you guys had, the difference with your demo was, you guys had mad songs, and there was a lot yeah. of bangers. So it was more than a demo, like if, right. you know. It was, nice. There was more music yeah. on that bone, you know. I think one thing we were really happy with with the demo was that, that the production sounded good. You know, like for the demos at the time, yeah. a lot of the demos were really horrible sounding. Like you could barely hear the music sometimes. And like every time the bass drum would hit, like everything else would cut out, you know, like that kind of crap. It was awful. But we went to this place in, in um, I think it was in Yonkers. And, and the, the guy who ran it, he'd never even listened to this kind of music before, let alone record it, you know. So we're like, oh, let's see what happened. And it was two track live. Like everything on the demos live no other does we're just playing the songs like we were practicing them and um when we went home and listened to it we were like holy shit this sounds pretty good for a good demo like yeah. you know the sound itself sounded good you know so i think that helped it stand out a little bit too like the quality like unintentionally like we paid hardly anything to record it and it was two track live but keeping it simple made it sound better for some reason yeah. and the playing was good that was the thing with you know again with breakdown well, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get into it that how okay, you know, the first that first original lineup, you know, you had that for a minute. How long that like before it kind of fizzled down and restarted up again? That's where the Dijon mm. era where you guys. But before right. before that fizzled out, like all right, you got the demo out. How long was it before? How long did you guys go before? What if what exactly happened? Did it? Uh, you guys never officially broke up, or you like? disbanded or the idea was you got you did break up or what was the whole uh that, that between the the first lineup and the other ones yeah i like i don't um, know whether even having to get in if there was any beef just what oh, did it was an official breakup fully or just like okay we're gonna and you picked up and restarted again How, what happened exactly um yeah i mean it's funny because when we got back together with the original lineup a lot of us didn't remember why we broke up like you know because you got really pissed off about tiny little bullshit things that, you know, nowadays if the same thing came up, it wouldn't, you know, break the band up. But back then it was just like, you know, yeah. everybody was on edge all the time. We we're all hardcore kids, you know, we're angry at everything. So the smallest thing comes up, you're like, what the fuck? You know? And yeah. um, I think it was over a girl. I think. Oh, um, oh some outside of, shit. Okay. Yeah. I think it was a couple of guys in the band, like we're dating the same girl or something and they got in a beef over it nah, and then later on they said she looked like um rocky dennis from mask yeah. so, <laughs> that, that broke up the band the girl that looked like rocky dennis but um yeah and like you know at the time you know i was, I was really angry all the time and this and that and like um i basically the way i remember it I, I said to them i'm keeping the name and i'm gonna keep nah. the band going and, and if you want to fight over it we can fight or something yeah, like yeah. that and I, that's, that's, how, that's my that style happens. too if i can't have the toy i'm gonna break it and or uh, you know nobody <laughs> plays it For, ask freddie he's the same spoiled kid me too <laughs> <laughs> and then uh i think they played one show as breakdown with a different singer um in albany or something like that and it didn't really work out so they they decided to you know do 
raw deal from there, which turned into Killing Time. Yeah. And then, the and then what was the breakdown lineup right after that? Then who did you get? Because, yeah, because I knew from your old and new, but I didn't know that middle piece thing. I just knew from going to shows, all right, I'll see new guys. You know, you know, you know, we you don't we right. get to the whole, you know, the, the, the drama part of it. So right. I, just, I just figured, oh, everybody gets older and moves on. You know, right. people stick around, you know. And um, yeah, what, was think, the, um, what was the lineup on when you restarted again? I think uh, the lineup that's like on the Where the Wild Things Are compilation, I think that's pretty much the first one after. So that was like um, Richie Cannon, who was later in Sub-Zero. Yeah. And Larry Love. Yeah, playing yeah. the drums, and he used to drum for Nausea for a little while, I think, and a couple other bands. And um, Rob DeFroja from Lethal Aggression played guitar for us, and uh, Mark Sisto played bass for us. And uh, he was somebody we knew from Yonkers, like, you know, he used to hang out at practices and stuff, and this and that. So we asked him to join the band, and um, yeah, I think that's who we had then. You had that, Jim, that lineup for a bit, right? Yeah, we had it for a bit. I mean, you know, we had some members change here and there, you know, over time. But we had a lot of we had a lot of different members over the years. We had people that might have played two shows with us, and then we decided it wasn't working out, you know, and then yeah. this and that, you know. But um, yeah, we've had not as many members as Agnostic Front, but yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> you know? yeah, Agnostic Front's like Menudo. Once you you change your voice changes, they throw you out of the band. And you're <laughs> 18, your voice cracks. Next. Yeah. Get here. But yeah, yeah gotta, uh, still look handsome, you know? We need somebody in the band to look handsome. Yeah, you know, that's amazing. But yeah, no, and um, <laughs> but yeah, because right, then you had that. And so, because this is the thing, throughout the years, I would always see breakdowns. So again, I never knew what was what, but I knew the line. Then, I, then where I remember going again to see you guys a lot later again was the Dijon era. Right. I was catching, you know, those weird spots for hardcore shows at that time would pop yeah. up. I remember catching you guys at a bunch of shows then. And then um, that seemed like a good era for you guys for, uh, like, for a, a second, third wind, you know? Yeah. Like you, you guys had a good traction with that. How, what was, what's up with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think um, the lineup with Dijon, we, we did that a lot longer than the first lineup, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um... I'm guessing we, man, I don't remember when we started with Dijon playing guitar, but um, yeah, it went on for a long time. It went on until, I guess, the early 2000s somewhere, and, and here and there we played, you know, like a reunion show or whatever, but um, yeah, it lasted for a long time, and it was like him, um, we had Joe Farley in yeah. the band drumming for a while, he's another, you know, guy that passed away, unfortunately, um, then we had Lou, Lou Medina playing drums for us um yeah so yeah we've had a lot of different lineups but i said the steadiest ones were like the ones we just went over you know like um the original one and the one for where the wild things are lasted a couple of years and then from that point forward it was like dijon and then the original lineup got back together again yeah after that and now that you mentioned the wild things and whatever you guys might have the title for being the band to kill the most on compilations. You know? <laughs> I, I'm going to make an award that band that kills the most on compilations. <laughs> Breakdown gets the award for that. Uh, you right, get the Benny Stigma Achievement Award. <laughs> yeah, I'd like that. Put that yeah. up on my no, but you know? guys always, you know, again, 
something I took from Breakdown, if it wasn't, you know, obviously not just, you know, we don't sound like Breakdown, but vibe-wise, but what I always saw, when you guys dropped something new, there was, oh, it, you could tell it wasn't just like, oh, we got some cool songs to throw it out. It felt like you guys always felt like, no, we got some shit. Like, you felt, they always felt like there was something special. If you dropped three songs, one of them was going to be that special shit, which, you know, later on, even more, like songs like, you know, Street Fight, later on, it was like, oh, they could, they still pulling out, you know, right. certain songs you pull, oh, they still got, you know, it ain't like, you know, it's hard to do when you're an established band, I know. People still want to hear something yeah. of my first record, and I'm on my 10th. Right. You, and this kid, the same kid telling me that is 19 years old. He wasn't even right. around. It was so insane. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, you know. But yeah, I think, um, you know, Blacklisted, I was really happy with that EP. Yeah. I thought, you know, it, it kind of um, it was kind of hectic, you know. And and uh, I think it was a good uh, reintroduction of Breakdown. You know, like after we hadn't played for a while and this and that and what the new lineup sounds like and this and that. But, um, yeah, definitely, man. Like, Yeah. And, and then um, um, what I wanted to ask you, what do you think was it about Yonkers that brought that, that little – because there was – again, you had the Anthrax. You know, you had a scene there and there was a certain vibe. What was – and you hung out in downtown in the LES because I know you, you came up with a lot oh, of those yeah. guys too. That was another thing. Right. I seen you when I was a kid in the Cro-Mag video. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, that's Jeff Bray. Oh, shit, in the Cro-Mag. Oh, shit. You know, back then, you want a video. It was like. Yeah, that was a big deal. I remember when I found out about it was at, like, a Super Bowl show, and they used to play videos on the big screen in between yeah, yeah. bands and stuff. And somebody's, you know, they start playing the song, and somebody's like, look, look, you're on the fucking screen. I looked up, and, you know, I was in, I look cool, I'm in the Cro-Mag video. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I, you got to know. Yeah, fucking classic, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah. I got made it in there. Yeah, no, that's dope in that. And then, so, you know, the whole breakdown, so you guys went, and then when the Slumlord, because, again, I, and then I remember the whole Slumlord you know, era, because, you know, if we didn't play shows together, we were playing at the same time and with the same bands, because I remember, you know, again, Kat, how how did the Slumlords come in, and again, what I liked, that it was a different vibe, what I liked, yeah. you know what I mean, like, um, I like yeah, totally different. guys, older guys, old mm -hmm. guys that are known for a certain band come back, and then they try some, you know, they try, you know, they, they try a new bag, you know, they bring something else to the table. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times it doesn't work out, you know, yeah. and I was kind of worried about that. Like, you know, I didn't even, at first when they approached me about doing the band, I was, I had second thoughts about, you know, like, yeah. I kind of felt like if I'm not going to be able to do something good, then I don't want to do it, you know? And like first couple practices, things are just starting to come together and stuff. And I remember coming home and telling my wife, like, yeah, I don't know, it's all right, you know? And as we kept on practicing, we got better and better. The songs, like, I, you know, I realized, like, Dom was a really good songwriter, our guitarist. And, um, you know, and everybody in the band was really, really talented and fun to hang out with. And so so we just kept it going. And, yeah, it had one thing about Slumlords, you know, it had it did have a different vibe. Like, I didn't want to, like, do another band where I'm trying to sound, have it sound like the last band I was in, because that way I know people might like it, you know, like. I just, just I, I told them I was like let's just write whatever freaking we want you know and um so you know wrote more songs that were funny you know and 
songs that were a little more punk, I guess, you know, a little more melodic here and there. Mm-hmm. Not really melodic, but, you know, it had, like, sing-alongs and stuff like that. Yeah, and, um, yeah, so, you know, we, we, had, we had a ton of fun with that, man. And, like, that's one thing that Breakdown rarely had um, that Slum Lords had was, like, Dom was really, really good at, like, promoting the band. Like, he was always working on, like, getting shows. I don't know how many different versions of vinyl we put out of our stuff. Like, he always had, like, these limited edition vinyl things and the merch and the T-shirts. He was always going out, you know, full bore on that stuff. But with Breakdown, we were really lazy. And, like, unless it came to us, like, we didn't really initiate it, you know? And um, so with Slum Lords, like, it, it got really popular really fast. You know, it was, it was cool, you know? It was kind of uh, – it felt good to be able to do a different band that people, you know, were – getting as much into when we were playing live getting the same you know level of reaction like holy shit but um did yeah, you guys that was a ton of Europe fun. with that yeah we went to Europe I think twice with Slumlords and wow. um that was a lot of fun you know and it's funny because it a lot of times like the sense of humor is, doesn't translate to different countries and stuff you know a lot of the songs are funny but the, the people kind of got it you know like most places we played and we like to, like, make fun of ourselves and shit and do stupid shit on stage. I remember, you know, in Leipzig. What's the place in Leipzig? Uh, Coney Island? Coney that Island, place? Yeah. You know when they throw all the paper... Confetti, Yep, all that confetti? I was, like, so sweaty, right? And I got a big lump of it thrown right in my face. And it all stuck to my face. So I had all this confetti, like an inch layer of confetti on my face. And we just kept playing with the confetti all over me. You know, like, shit like that. It was fun, you know? Yeah. Make fun of the audience, make fun of ourselves and stuff, and people, you know, have yeah. a good time. It was good. No, uh, yeah, no, of course. And it's like, no, your humor, you know, back, I could see it in some places, not get it, but in Germany, they get it. They get that, mm-hmm. it's that dry. Also, like, people constantly, there's always a snap, you know, yeah. are they joking? They're not. They're always joking. You know, Paul, yeah. I've seen Paul from Shit Terror, like, just go off. And stuff like, and these German crowds where they're laughing, but then they're like, what am I laughing at? I don't even know what this fucking maniac is saying, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Paul, another person from Yonkers. Paul. Yeah, that's what I mean. It makes sense. There's a lot of sense <laughs> in making. And, yeah. and Yonker brought, again, it brought a, a different vibe. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, again, when Queens, when you hear Queens bands, all right, it was a story of Queens. And then you heard... Right. You know, you always heard, and, and when you heard about the scene, you know, Connecticut or whatever, it was a, it was a Connecticut scene, but then you, there was the New Rochelle Yonker scene. It was New Rochelle because the Anthrax, famous. So, right. You know, and then. Yeah, we was, had the, in New Rochelle, we had streets. It was like a. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sucked in some ways, you know. It was, it was good to have a place to play, you know. One of the dudes from Sopranos owned that. Big really? Pussy, I think he owned that own streets. Oh, get out! I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and awesome. we got we got in a big argument with those dudes too, like getting paid one time <laughs> down in the basement. He had like this dude oh, had a big mahogany desk, and he's like, "Well, let's have a talk about." What's a bunch of local kids are like, "Give me my two hundred dollars." Yeah, like, exactly. We didn't give a shit. I know you're not. He had some goons sitting there. Like this dude probably would have a heart attack if he had to run ten feet. And we're like, "We're not scared of this guy. Give us our it's fucking it. money." We we are fucking hardcore motherfuckers. Let me tell you something. This is what we do for a living. And especially, mm-hmm. let me tell you, me and Freddie personally had to escort people to an ATM in a different country oh. at 4 mm-hmm. in the morning. 
and I'm running through people's pockets, like doing some yeah. shit I did when I was 15. Like, yeah. and this time I was in the right because guys were trying to like take advantage of us, and we're like, no, we're gonna yeah. drive around with you, well, you right. know, have to all night. One's gonna be behind you, and 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 he's gonna act like he has something in your back, you know, you know, if you had <laughs> and shit or whatever. But we're like, you're gonna pay us. We're yeah. But now we same shit happened to us in Boston. I think he was in Boston. Dijon like took the guy to the ATM. Like basically, you either go to the ATM or you're gonna be in a lot of pain. You know. So the guy yeah. went to the ATM. Yeah, we had it happen a couple times. Same yeah. shit. <laughs> I love when they come to you and they're like, and it's a packed show, and they're like, well, you know, we didn't do really well tonight. You're like, seriously? This place is fucking packed. You know, give me a fucking break. They're always trying to pull something. You know, like, you know, I believe in karma, and karma's happened. You know, I've done bad things in life, and bad things happen to me. I never said, why me? You know, I know how it happens. But I personally, guys like that that try to take advantage of me, I take their wedding rings off them. I take their their licenses, and I say, look, you get this back. Because I got your address now with your license, thank you, and I got your wedding ring. So your wife is going to want to kill you, or you're going to need this to get around. You're going to get this back together because I got your address now. Give me my money, and this is where it's going to be. I personally, you can do the same thing with uh, – you can hijack trucks and do that too, you know. You know, right. you know, I'm just saying, COVID's around any longer, dude. I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be in Baltimore looking at uh, whoever you at. <laughs> and um, but um, how all right? Yes, how long was the Slumlords run for? Because you guys even did some recordings and stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We put out, I think we put out two full length CDs, and we put out a bunch of EPs. You know, yeah. like I said, Dom was like constantly working on a, a record. Like he was always making like limited edition and shit or whatever. But I think Slumlords lasted like maybe three or four years, something like yeah. that. Yeah, something like that. You know, and um, I think what ended up happening is, you know, you just kind of feel like the spark's not where it was at, you know. So we just yeah. kind of disbanded and decided not to do it anymore. Like, kind of go out on a high note rather than, you know, put out something that's yeah. not that great. Like, you were talking about it earlier. Like, you were saying that, like, when we put out a record, it was like, you know, that we thought we'd come up with something new to put out that was worth putting out. and. In a lot of ways, it was because, like, we never had, like, those record deals. So, you know, we need three records in three years. We were never forced to write anything. So we didn't put anything out until we had it, until, like, organically we just made it. And not because we had to make it. Yeah. So that helped a lot. Plus, like, I mean, look at Breakdown. Like, freaking Breakdown was around for forever before even the first EP came out. Like, we we had a couple of compilation songs. We had the the demo. We had the demo on 7-inch. And that was it. Like, Blacklist, it was, like, really the first breakdown yeah. record. Yeah. You know, and how much later was that? Wait, yeah, I know. Fuck. I did, like, you know, by then it was it became, like, oh, that's, like, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it should have been, like, the best of, like, you know, like, almost. <laughs> you know, been out. You guys were already, yeah, yeah exactly. And, um, but, yeah, damn, fuck. I'm thinking about that shit now when that came out. Yeah, mad years later. You know what yeah. it was? I think... What, 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 what not I think, I kind of know, like, you guys benefited very, probably the most out of those um, those um, compilations. Like I was saying, oh, yeah. I mean, that you guys came off on them. I think you guys benefited because they worked as good as, I think, your your, your classic demo did or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there were only one or two songs, you know what I mean? Like, they right, went right. 
Like, I was literally listening to that compilation the other day. Uh-huh. Working out. You know, I'll throw those classic comps because they over, overall, I, they really are great all around. You know, you could play the whole comp and it's like. Yeah, yeah. it brings back a lot of memories too. You know, yeah. you and hear a song and you remember hanging out here, whatever. The variety back then was still a lot, a lot of variety in New York. Like, I'm not looking. I'm, I'm, I'm still in the mix. I'm not a hater. I don't hate on the new cats uh, at all. But mm-hmm. one thing that does lack sometimes, not always, but is the, 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 the variety. Back then, there was still a lot of variety in the bands. You know, even when the right. Slumlords came out, Slumlords would play a show with a Fahrenheit 451, which was a totally different band, which played mm. with a Bulldoze, which was a different band, which played with a Chronic Thorn. You know, everybody had their own thing, and it was fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the, especially like the early 90s is when bands started like adding new sounds to the to what they were playing and trying new stuff and being a little bit more experimental. Like, I remember, I never really listened to them that much, but there was, like, a band Beyond, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember right. when they came around, people were like, you know, go in and check them out because they're doing something a little bit different, you know? So I remember checking them out and being like, wow, this is, you know? And then, like, I guess, like, um, you know, Underdog, like, he, Richie started um, into another, which was, like, yeah. totally different. You know, like, people started branching out a little bit more. And then, yeah. like, Shelter, you know, that was different. Like, not yeah. my thing, you know, but... You know. Let me ask you, how did you feel? Because me personally, I love the post shit. People always bugged out because, you know, that was the most of our meatheadness, the mad mm-hmm. all, all of us. But we all loved the, you know, the, the quicksands, the, the mm-hmm. things for another. But I, we also know a lot of a lot of people did and a lot of the meatheads, which were our meatheads also, were like, nah, right. fuck that. Were you, mm-hmm. How were you with that whole movement? You weren't feeling that movement too much or what? Um, I don't know. I guess I was going through a lot of shit around then, you know, personally. So I, I wasn't paying as much attention to new music. So I had other things occupying my yeah. time, you know, that were more negative. But, um, but later on, you know, like I, 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 you know, I went back and listened to some of that stuff and yeah, I liked it, you know, like, um, but at the same time, like, you know, I, just myself, I started like listening to more types of music. Like I always listened to not just hardcore. Like I'd listen to the stuff I grew up with and I'd listen to, you know, punk and I'd listen to some, you know, the classic heavy metal kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, later on is when I started like kind of expanding my scope on what I was willing to listen to and, and fi- you know, and, and say, hey, uh, yeah, this is good. Too. You know, I never heard this before. I should have listened to it a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I there's some people that can listen to hardcore and that's all they listen to. I, I can't do that because hardcore's basically got one mood to it, right? It's like you're pissed off about something, right? Oh, yeah. And sometimes I need to calm down and yeah. I need to relax. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I'll play something totally different. I agree. That's the last shit I want to hear. There's a time and place for everything. Oh, you know, know what's the last thing you want to The last time you want to hear hardcore, when you don't want to hear it, is after you're done playing a show and you get in the bus or the van and somebody puts on the, the stereo and they start playing a hardcore record, oh, turn that shit off, man. Like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Die. You know, we don't want no part of that. I want to hear anything but, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, like, I love it so much, I don't want no part of it. You know, it's like, you know, <laughs> a family member, like a brother or sister, like, I, I love you so much, but I can't hang out with you at all. Yeah, I need, we need some time apart for a little while. Yeah, little yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, fuck. And fuck, you know. But yeah, no, it was good with the whole slump. And, um, what, all right, 
And when and when was the last time you played a show? What was the last? Yeah, what was the last show with who? Or you uh, let's see. With Slumlords, the last show we played was a benefit show for Tad from Stout, you know, the band Stout from yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. Tad had brain cancer, you know, so we we played a benefit show for him. We got back together and did that. Um, and before that, you know, we there was one other benefit show we played with um, No Redeeming. Yeah. So those are the last two um, um, Slumlord shows. Breakdown, the last show we played. Wow. Um, it wasn't that long ago. I'm trying to remember the last year. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but it was in the last couple of years. I don't really remember. In the, in the last year. Yeah, I mean, it was it was right before COVID, you know, yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, before yeah, COVID started, yeah, you yeah. know. I guess we were we were playing like maybe four or five shows a year, you know that that was just doing it for fun, you know. When the opportunity arose and somebody wanted us to play and it worked out for everybody, we'd do it. But we weren't like actively looking to play, and we and we couldn't tour because everybody's you know the families and this and that. There was yeah. no way we could we tour all the time. So um, yeah, yeah, that's how it ended wow. up. You know, just playing when we can, just because we like doing it. And um, yeah. And what's the deal right now? Let's say, boom. CasaTheRock.com. Home of that fly DIY. You want to support the show? Go cop some merch right now. We've got a lot of new t-shirts, shorts, and caps available. Everything is made in-house by your boy on the spot. So show some love. Support the movement. CasaTheRock.com is the spot. COVID's over, you know, um, next month. All right. Any plans to do anything? Like, or like, do you did you have any plans, or you guys just let it, you know, an opportunity pop up and decide then? Yeah, we haven't really even talked about it. I mean, especially because uh, we lost Rich, our bassist, you know, around Christmas time. Rest in peace, of course, man. I'm glad I yeah. got to see him, and we got to hang out. We played with Raw Deal in um in Florida a couple months ago. Right. We got to see every, you know. Oh, you, you played in um in uh, Tampa. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a good show. We played that one a couple of times too. That that festival. Yeah, good people down there. But um, but yeah, we haven't really talked about it yet. Like, yeah. you know, it, we're just tr- still trying to process. Yeah. What happened? Because you know we were hanging out with Rich, you know, a little while ago, and, and he was fine. You know, we knew he was sick, but he looked fine, and he had good, you know, spirits were up, and this and that, yeah. and then um. You know, he kept it he kept it on the DL for a while that he was sick. He didn't want to burden other people with it, you know, but he had bladder cancer and he had to get get surgery and every, they said everything went well and they got rid of all the cancer and stuff. And then, you know, I get a call at like two in the morning a few weeks later saying, I'm sorry to hear about Rich, you know, and so you know, we're still like trying to process it because, yeah. you know, we've just been talking about this is we, we've known Rich since the early 80s. You know, that's a long time. And, and you know, when you tour with somebody, you get really close. And Yeah. Rich course. was a really nice guy. He was a really, really, really good guy. Like Yeah, definitely, you know, good guy and has his hand involved with, you know, um, again, bricks of this shit. You know, like this, mm-hmm. this hardcore shit, like, again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hardcore kid nerd. I'm a hardcore kid nerd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like um, I met my, you know, my whole life. 
is this? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I see my family off this. You know, I, I, I do, this is everything mm-hmm. I love was playing music. You know, uh, it was. It starts as a savior going to shows, just like you. And, you know, everything like that. You know, I met my wife, rest in peace, from this. I had my children from this. I support my right. You know, like this is a music that I. So love. how how are you, I got a question for you? How are you handling the whole COVID thing and not being able to tour and all that? Like, how do you get by? It's horrible. It's fucking. Um, right. You know, um, this is the one thing about you know um, that uh, something we take pride in. Again, being coming up with an older generation, our our parents' generation of um, you know um, even when it's hard, you know everybody got something hard. We got to kind of like shut the fuck up and kind of just yo, you got to push through it. But right. it's hard because, you know, um, we're in a hardcore band. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and we're, 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 we love and we're grateful for where we at in this whole pyramid of the hardcore scene. We love everything, you know, all the, 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 the respect. And we're proud of the people that respect us, the OGs, you know, all that good shit. But the fact mm-hmm. is, there's no 401k. There's no retirement in this shit. There's no um royalties. We don't get royalties because... You love set it off on my first record, and I get a roy. Me and Freddie get royalties that are help. We don't get nothing. Right. Like, yeah. Where we get our monies from playing live and selling merch. Right. Right. Not yeah. Complaining. Yeah. It is what it That's is. The only way to survive now as a band, yeah. as a band is is playing shows. Like yeah, you can't make selling it. merch, and you mm-hmm. know, and 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 especially in a hardcore band, which we're not on the radio. We don't got big tour support. We don't even try to take tour support because we don't owe money. We don't want to owe money. And we, right, we're, right. we're like the Partridge family. We are a traveling family. <laughs> you know, this is how we make our money. We got clean bill of, you know, all our business is done clean, but everything is paid for in-house. We do everything, you know, it's a real family business. Well, but everybody likes the song that you're singing. singing. Come you on, make them happy. <laughs> you should get a Partridge Family tour bus. I'm gonna be the the, the the Keith. What was the handsome guy, right? The handsome. Yeah, yeah. Was that his name, Keith? Yeah. Whatever. But Freddie's gonna be the Danny Bonaduce, the redheaded kid. <laughs> That's Fred. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> fucking um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I'm like um, well, I'm definitely grateful on, you know, what we have in this whole shit. But it's it's very hard because again, like I was saying. There's no royalties. There's no none of that fantasy, you know. So it's funny because, you know, I I love it. We have, you know, pictures. You see a festival, 20,000 people. Yeah, it's an amazing picture. But 20,000 mm. people didn't pay to come see Hoya Rock in the Mandel. Right, right. People don't get that. Yeah, they forgot to see that Judas Priest was headlining that day. <laughs> number one, number three out of 100 bands that day. You know what I mean? And like, right. There's more. Right. And to the story, and I'm like, but um, we get for playing, and they're not letting us play. And again, when people feel safe, all right, whatever the thing, I stay out of all that, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm ready. Whenever they're oh, ready, I bet. I bet you know, ready. you know, it's just um, you know, and again, uh, in all fairness, I'm, I'm fair game. Like, uh, give me a halfway mark when people, when I got to give enough space to the people who need the extra, you know, let, let's give it time. I want to make it fair for everybody, but let's make something where we could start, you know? Right. Because I'm just thinking with everything, you know, and I'm like, because my, you know, I don't want to sit, pick and choose, but I go to Walmart every weekend. Walmart, Mm -hmm. there's more kids than the last, than the people I had at my last hardcore show. Right, right. I could, I could walk around Walmart and, you know, and 
do whatever, but I can't have a hardcore show, you know, with, you know, 100 of my friends, but I could go into a Walmart with 500 people in it. Like, well, and, but think about this also. It's like hardcore shows are a lot different from other shows. Like there's a lot more yeah. contact. Like people are moshing and, and, and stage diving and stuff. And when, you, when, you, when you're at a, at a hardcore show, you come out of there covered in like bodily fluids for <laughs> But I think that's the people yeah. sweat and stuff, so it's a little that's the solution. Like, like hardcore is more risky than other music. We gotta have after COVID. to like fight it, you know? It's oh like, yeah, that's how you get strong. Yeah, how you get, get strong. No, I, like I get it. Believe me, like this is a discussion. All right, this is a good question. Talking of this, because this had come up with my boy Richie, Richie from Wisdom. All right, if you guys were playing right now, let's say right now, you know, you you have a, a gig opportunity right now. They go, Jeff, we want to, you know, we're going to play Slumlords or whatever it is that you want to do. But the show is going to be one of the drive-in theater shows. One of those. Would right. you do it? Right now? Probably right not. Now. Right now. Like, you know, the, yeah, we right. got a show planned for next month. You know, um, we have a drive-in movie theater show. Well, you know, you got everybody in your band is down or whatever. And they go, yo, we got, we got, we got a, a hardcore show book, but, you know, we want, you know, we got an idea. It's gonna be, we, we think we could get a good amount of people or whatever, and we got the location. You know, like a regular show booking, but it's going to be a driving show to go see. Would you do it? So you're saying, like, people sitting in their cars? Yes, like how they do a couple of comedy shows now. Like, they got to kind of stay in the car or, like, so it's not, you know, it's it's not normal, but. Yeah. I don't know. That would be really really weird especially with like hardcore music you know because there's so much audience participation and everybody's stuck in the car and then you know people would hear my band playing they probably turn on the stereo real loud in their cars so they didn't have to hear it so that would kind of suck <laughs> 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 close windows and shit this is what i was talking about richie because i get it richie's so far on one side where he was like we get it hardcore is a, you know music you got to dance to it got to be body on body we get it i get it we all get it but me personally, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it for the point of right. it's we all are going into this together. New like okay, fuck it. I'm with you know. It's probably gonna and it ain't gonna be as good as a fucking CB show. All right, it's gonna be some right. weird shit, but we're gonna experience it together. We're gonna have something to talk about yeah. later. You know, that's why I would. Now do that it. you say that, like I I, I I see what you're saying. Like because if I think about it, and I'm like, okay, let me picture my the band playing and other people. That would be so weird that I think I'd really want to do it because it's so freaking weird. Like, I just want to see what it was like. Yeah. And, you know, as long as it – because my thing is this. It's like I'm big on, like, wearing masks and shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like sure. a hundred of them in here. But, um, yeah, of course. But, you know, I just want this fucking shit to end already, and there's a lot of fucking idiots out there who are, who are keeping it going yeah. with all this crap, you know? Yeah, you know, and, so, I, and, I, and I say the same thing. I always tell people, I'm like – yeah, look, whatever, whatever, if you believe in something or not, go, it means putting on the mask for a second and it makes somebody else feel better. Yo, do it and keep yeah. it, like, you know, whatever's going to yeah. make things move faster instead of arguing over, over over the petty shit, I won't get into whatever. Mm. But I agree, like, yo, you know, you're going to have to wear it to go in the spots, period. Put it on here, right. you know, when you're in your house, go, you know, run around naked, do whatever you want, you know. Right, right. You know. It's not a big deal. Like, it's funny how, like, a lot of those people, you know, that complain about having to wear a mask, they're always, you know, talking about freedoms and how tough they are. They can't even wear a fucking piece of cloth over their fucking face yeah, for a yeah. few months, you know? Yeah. 
That's it. This is the yeah, thing. Break. This is why I say about the show thing because it brought up that because, uh, you know, the hardcore thing and that. And to me, at the end of the day, I say, I, you know, I hear you. It ain't the ideal situation for a hardcore band. But I'm, to me, I'm like, fuck it. If there's somebody willing to watch me play, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I'm down to play because I'm down a bit. You know, oh, yeah. you, said, you said it best earlier. A big part of this hardcore shit is the socializing. All right, maybe we can't mm-hmm. socialize that, but you know you're going to hang out in the back. You're going to see some of your friends. We're going to talk. You're going to have some beer. Right. Like that, yo, I'm fiending for that right now. I really am. No, I can get that. You know, I think if I was in your position, I'd want to do the same thing, you know, because, like, you know, Madball plays a thousand times more than Breakdown does, you know, and, like, to have it just all stop like that, yeah, I'd want to get back out there as soon as possible, especially, you know, if it helps. You know, it pays the bills. Yeah, yeah no, but Jeff, you know what it is? What I learned, it, it taught me a lesson in this, because you know, I, you know, I, I get in my, you know, getting your molds. You know, when we do this so much, you know, you get burnt out on certain things, and it's like, okay, crowds, and you know, maybe, you know, it's dealing maybe sometimes different age brackets, maybe different, you know, where different places in life. I get it, you know, I'm, I'm the same thing, you know, I'm like, and, and um, but um, it, it's just crazy on the whole thing, and in, in, in the and the big picture of everything is like, um, I'm glad to be able to do what we're doing. Right. You know, right. we're lucky to do what we're doing, and um, and um, uh, I'm still surprised. Uh, you know, like now, now what's bugging me out right now is this thing threw a monkey wrench to the world. But now on something that, uh, you know, this hardcore thing never, you know, it never became as big mainstream as it is. It's not mainstream. So, it's, right. you know, everything gets thrown into the, 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 you know, into the underground. But we're now, we've been under the underground for years. And now, <laughs> now, it's, now it's we're in a different spot. Like, what's going to happen with the live shows? You know, because right. I, I think but my whole point with this whole would you play shows like this or not is, like, what's going to be the first? Because I'm willing to play. You know, and I'll, and I'll play for who wants, again, who wants. I don't want to be forced anybody to watch us play. But I also right. wanted to be like, you know, if, if I'm going to play somewhere where, okay, yo, it's your choice to go. Right. You know, right, right. nobody forces you to go to a show anyway. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, what's going to be the first move? You know, will it be that type of show, like a drive-in show? You know, there's already the, the live stream shows people are doing. Like, that's already weird, you know. You know, I yeah. maybe, but, you know, I get it. It's weird, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's odd, you know, because the, the audience is such a big part of a hardcore show, you know. It's like half, half the freaking show, at least. And, uh, yeah, so, so it ends up being something missing, you know. It would be like kind of watching a band practice or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. I, and I get it. It's weird, but I'm I'm so like, not just for the point of money. Of course, we need money. I need to work and the fee. But, when I was getting to my point before, I learned I we've been sporting and I learned that um like um wow I really miss what we had like mm-hmm. we had um um what do you say the option of I don't want to talk to that guy mm-hmm. oh I want to say what's up to that guy just having that option to right. put, put that for granted like I've been saying it to everybody I can't wait to see I really see. Now when I say like a black and blue show, I really can't wait for it to like right. people to hang out. And I even say this, I'm even psyched.
to see the people I'm not that crazy about. <laughs> just for some normalcy. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Like the old days. I still hate that motherfucker. Yeah, and I'm glad you're here. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to say what's up to you. Give your high five. I'm be like, yeah, I'm good to see you because I can still hate you. But we're hating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can continue hating each other now. Yeah, so we're we're going to do that. Exactly. On the street, you know, he has his paper, his, his paper bag. You know, I'm eating a burrito or whatever it be. <laughs> do that. <laughs> Right, right. No, but um, but um, right now we're here. We're now. Any, I know you haven't talked about as far as what did you have any ideas of any future music? Any ideas you would like? I know besides all the, you know, the morning of course. Besides that, but were you ever thinking of doing music again? Did you get the? Have you had the itch again? Or what can we tell the people if there's gonna be a, a more Jeff breakdown or Jeff throw? Yeah. Whatever your next uh, venture is, will it be something new out in the future? Um, I don't know. It's kind of up in the air now, you know, because I'm not sure what's going to happen with Breakdown, if we're going to continue to play shows, you know, now that Rich is gone or if we're going to stop. And, um, you know, I thought about doing another band. Um, That's what I mean. You... And I, 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 but but uh, doing something a little bit different, like, one thing I've wanted to do for a long time, right, and I can never get anybody to get on board with me on this and do this with me, was to make, like, a hardcore record for little kids, right? So, like, parents that like hardcore, right, could buy this record for their kids and play it all the time in the car and actually like it, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, i got to put this record on. And just have silly kid songs, like hardcore songs for, for you know, for little kids that are about dumb shit yeah. you think it's funny when you're a little kid, you know, like, get maybe – you know, mad about something or whatever, but, you know, making a hardcore song about a little kid that you're mad about. Song, you yeah. Well, or just some stuff. Hey, degenerates out there, you hear it. You know, get in touch with Jeff. There's a lot of yeah. places to, to, to this podcast. And we know you're a lot of degenerate freaking um, musicians out there. <laughs> Find Jeff. Yeah. You know, they got the, the – I've seen the – Howie was involved with it. I think I'm the – punk rock or hardcore ABCs and it's kind of like oh really yeah like we have we're M is for mad ball and they have like A for yeah, bad brains or something oh. like a mixed bag it's pretty cool but it's actually a, a real cool idea you know what you're actually saying because um there's actually I think a market for that and not even on something like oh there's a market for that but like right. you know we're parents now right you know what I mean? And, you know, and it's coming from the source. It ain't on some fake corny shit. Matt, Jeff Breakdown puts out another band and that shit, but that, you know, it's, you got, you could trace the legitimacy. Right. You know, it ain't like yeah. some, you know. I feel like, yeah, yeah, Jeff's new band, man, it's freaking whack. You know, I like it. I like, yo, man, Jeff has four kids. He knows yeah. exactly what he's talking about. Oh, exactly. shit, now I gotta listen to that shit again. Yeah, exactly. So shit like that, exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you, my sons want no part of Madball. I'm like, hey, yeah. Look at this. yeah, they don't care, right? They don't give a fuck. I'm like, look at this big fest. I mean, I try to get. They're the only guys I want to like impress, and they look at right. me. Right. They look at me and they go, "Can we go now?" That's what they tell yeah, me. Yeah, there's no interest. Like, get out of here, fucking little bastards. Did you? You brought them to shows before to see you play? Yeah, they came, but like they were still to the point where it, I think they were more nervous and just so much going on. You know, yeah, yeah. My kids were the same way, where they're kind of like, yeah, like it's looking around them the whole time. It's still so crazy, and 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 the reality is, um, 
which I'm glad. I know I'm doing a good job. Is I'm the biggest savage in the house. My son's right. I need to be, I'm like the fucking gorilla in the cage, and my son's the, the, the gorilla. In the cage. <laughs> you know, and he's a cage owner, and he takes. You know, it's perfect. <laughs> he's way. Time to beat that. My son's a smarter, more civilized than I ever was. So he's so, doing a good job. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have the same stuff. Like, yeah. I've even said to my kids before, like, isn't it cool to have a dad who's in a band, you know, or something like that? And they're like, eh. yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> motherfuckers. I like, yo, you don't understand. I reach for shit. So they play a video game, and one of the video games was this song from um this band, Fallout Boy, which one of the kids was, there was like two hardcore kids in the band, and you know, you could trace it down. They love, you know, maybe they love Mad Boy, H2O, whatever it be. But I'm like, yo, you know that song? They like your father's band. And they're like, yeah. You're right. right, right. Yeah. And I try. I try. I never they just look at you girl. like a blank stare. Like. I never did it for a girl, for attention. Like, you know who I am, what I've done. Never. For my sons, I throw all my accolades out there. And they just dump me. <laughs> Like, stop talking about it, right? They hit the golf. They're like, yo, you're really conceited. Like, you know what that my son told me one time? Wow, you just sit around watching videos of yourself? And I'm like, I'm trying to impress you, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that a couple times. Like, hey, dad's on YouTube. You want to see something? I'll play it and I'll kind of watch like 30 seconds of it. Cool, walk away. (laughs) This is my son's word. Okay, can I go now? Yeah. That's like, that's it. That's like right. your first girl, and she's saying, that's it? You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell them, when you get older, when you're older, you'll realize how cool your parents were. You know? That's what I tell them. Yeah, I don't get it. You may be smarter than I, in, in that book or whatever, but you ain't cooler than me. <laughs> but listen, Jeff, I'm glad I was able to get you on here. I'm really glad because I've been wanting to get you for a minute. Big influence, I, you know, you know that, and I was fucking, and I also know it's fucking, it's hard to just make time. Everything is crazy. Times is different and whatever. And I know you're a low key guy, so I'm glad I was able to catch up with you. Hey, so. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you asking me to come on. I had a good time too talking to you. you know? it's, been, it's been a while since I talked about hardcore with somebody because of COVID. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad to see you. It's been a while. You, you know what I mean? And even how looking good. I want to get Jeff. I want to get Jeff in now. You would know it to be fine. And I hate Dijon. I started making my Dijon, and Dijon goes, yeah, I haven't talked to him in a minute. Let me get his number. You sure? I want to make sure you ain't giving, you know, I know some guys want to be off the radar. And he goes, right. nah, it's all right. And that's when I hit you up. I'm like, nah, I got to get you, hit, hit you up. So. Yeah, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad yeah, I did yeah, it. Good shit, Jeff. Yo, we talk soon. Hopefully I see you soon. And, and mad love to you and your family. And everybody out there, go check Jeff out and go get that breakdown shit. Go get that slumlord shit. And all you fucking degenerate um, uh, musicians out there, hit them up for that kitty band. You know? Yeah, the, the kids band. The kids band. The kids song. Like but, y'all, peace yeah. out. And we talk soon. I'll let you know when this comes out, Jeff. All right. Thanks a lot for the interview. And tell everybody I said what's up in, uh, over by you. I haven't seen everybody in forever. And hopefully we see you soon in, in, in the flesh, live and direct. Peace out, brother. Yeah, you'll, um, maybe you'll see me in a car at your next show. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Beat your horn three times so I know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> All right, all right.